You're listening to the Do Good Podcast, official podcast of the Do Good Collab, where it's our purpose to build a community with no boundaries that connects us not because of what we do or a specific interest, but to feel a shared mission and quest towards improving our collective human lives and the planet around us. If we can create a force for good that aligns us between all areas of work and expertise and lets us feel like we're on the same broader team while we continue our individual work, imagine the world we can create. In a moment, you're going to hear my talk with Dashiell Bark-Huss. She's an all-around biohacker, meaning she's always trying to figure out ways to optimize her body and performance based on various tests she does on herself. She's a lucid dreaming expert. That is, in college and beyond, she became obsessed with figuring out how to increase the amount of times in a night or in a week. She's aware of the fact she's dreaming while in the dream and able to control the dream at her will. Lucid dreaming, as you'll soon hear, helped her among many things like sticking to diets because she could eat anything she wanted in the lucid dream. So much other cool stuff we talked about. Let's just get right into it. Whoa. Wow. Okay. So I'm here today with Dashiell Bark Huss. That's right. Hey. <laughs> And I would say, you said you used to call yourself a lucid dreaming expert, but you've kind of taken away the title expert because you feel like no one's really an expert at anything. Yeah. Well, especially with lucid dreaming, you can be an expert in like sleep science or the mind or how to lucid dream. And I know a lot about that stuff, but to me, what's more important with lucid dreaming is like being able to be a practitioner. Mm. So I, I consider myself a lucid dreaming. We jumped straight into oh. this. No, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Keep going. Yeah. So yeah. I do consider myself to be <laughs> a practitioner um, and an enthusiast. I feel like a lot of people use the word expert to describe, especially with lucid dreaming. It's still something we're new at. Yeah. Uh, unexplored you know. territory. Yeah. Kind of. Just the whole realm of lucid dreaming has a lot, has a ways to go mm-hmm. before, before I'd feel comfortable saying that. Yeah. Out of all the people I know who know anything about it, you're the mm-hmm. of people I know. So how did your interest in lucid dreaming begin? It's It really started in college when I went on a strict diet. And I had gone from being in high school and eating whatever I wanted and, you know, going to McDonald's mm-hmm. and, blah, and then, like, mm. just cutting out a bunch of stuff. And I wasn't used to that. And so I was having these dreams about the phase of all these delicious foods and and uh, cookies and pizza and and I would see the food. I knew I was on my diet and I couldn't have them, but I'd take little bites. The food tasted real. So when I woke up, I was like, oh man, if I knew that it was a dream, I could have kept eating. And so that's how I decided to start to learn to lose a dream so that I could spend my nights eating whatever I wanted. And during my day, I'd keep a really strict diet. Would you say since college you've been doing, whether it's like mental or physical, different kinds of experiments like this? 
Yeah, I am really into how to make myself and other people optimal.、Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of which is cool. Yeah, you're like spreading the self testing. Yeah, it would be nice if there was more of that. I think、yes. there there's so much we can do individually to find answers to questions about how we can be better、yeah. and how in in so many ways. You know, so lucid dreaming is one of those ways that really just spoke to me. The dieting was kind of just like an obvious way for me because I would see like, oh, if I eat this, I feel like shit. If I eat this, I feel better.、Mm-hmm. Is swearing allowed? Swearing. You can say whatever、okay. the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I whatever's on my mind, I've been pushing myself to really try to experiment. So I looked up how to learn about it. I actually had, I had heard about it before. I had had a handful of them after hearing about it, and my my mom had talked about it. But I wasn't like a consistent lucid dreamer. But I now I wanted to be.、Mm-hmm. So I I looked up all the different methods.、Um, it's a lot of brain training. So you're training yourself to kind of always be aware of what. State you're in, so、mm-hmm. it's like right now thinking about am I awake or、uh, dreaming? dreaming? And then you do tests to to answer that question. You do that throughout your day. The tests are called reality checks. And oh, this is how it starts. This is so、yeah. we do the tests while we're awake. While you're awake, because、okay. you you want it to become so habitual that you end up doing it in, in your dream. dream. Exactly. Got it. Okay. You can drop a pen, see how if it falls funny. In Inception, they spin. Oh, this is what they're doing in Inception. Yeah, Inception they actually do、uh, reality checks. Okay, got it. That's what that is. Yeah. Oh. They spin the top if the top. Doesn't stop spinning. It's a dream. My favorite one is holding my nose, keeping、mm-hmm. my mouth closed, and trying to breathe in. So you're physically you can't breathe if you do that in waking life. Right. So you would feel no air come through. But if you do it in a dream, you always feel your real breath in a dream, and that biological reason for that. So like if you roll over onto your face, you you don't suffocate to death. You wake up. You can feel your real breath. If you're hyperventilating in a dream, really, then you're actually hyperventilating. If You hold your breath in a dream, and someone's watching you. You'll be holding your breath when you hold your nose in a dream with your dream hand. It's not you're not really doing it. The air is going to come through, and you're going to feel it. And that's my favorite one because it's the most accurate. Because it's based on like a physical、mm-hmm. thing. The other ones, I could imagine that pen falls normally. I could imagine that the top stops spinning in a dream. So it's not those aren't so accurate. That's my favorite one, the the, the breath one. And I've actually had where I didn't think I was in a dream and I did it. I was like just doing it out of habit. Because I knew I was supposed to, because something had happened. I had like a friend tell me that it was a dream, and I thought they were just like messing with me. And it ended up it was a dream, and it was really weird. I have stuff like that all the time. So when I started this, that's what you do. You do these tests all the time. In five months. I went from no lucid dreams to three every night, just like eating pizza and brownies and macaroni and cheese. And so five months of doing these tests while you're awake, yeah, and then doing them in your dreams habitually, yeah, and again and again and again, five months like really rigorously, and then you started to have lucid dreams about three times a week, three times a night. Oh. Yeah, a night. I don't have that frequency at the moment. I was going really hard back then with the practice. <laughs> I、yeah. know. Yeah, that's、uh-huh. crazy. Okay, so three lucid dreams a night. What does that feel like? Sometimes one lucid dream can be better than three a night if it's like longer.、Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them at that time were shorter, but they were still really great. They, they were long enough to eat whatever I wanted, so it was cool because. I, Do you feel like you really satisfied that craving within well, the dream? Okay, so my answer is yes. 
Yes, but also I feel like the proof is in the pudding because I still eat a strict diet to this day. And most people don't do that, you know. Mm. Most people, I don't feel as much that I need to uh, indulge because I can do it in my dreams. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And back then I could do it really frequently. And it was in at that time it was much my diet was harder for me because it was mm-hmm. the beginning of the diet. So being able to like go to a party and see people eating cake and pizza, I could say, I don't need to eat this now. I'll just eat it tonight because I'm going to have a lucid dream. That's but how I, I don't think it. most people understand that that's even something within the realm of like human possibility. Like I don't think yeah. people go about their day thinking that that's something they can even attempt to integrate into their life. So can you like debunk the Mm -hmm. whole lucid dreaming thing for us really quick that this is something that you can practice and do? Tell me more about the process of that five months and then when you started to see yourself lucid dreaming. Okay, so the first question is that people don't think that this is something they can do or that it's even real. Yeah. I mean, because I've had that before where people say that they don't believe it's possible. A lot of times when I get that response, it's because those people don't have many dreams at all. So it's hard for them to Mm. understand even how to get to the point of being able to recognize that you're in a dream. Everyone dreams uh, unless you have like a really bad sleep disorder. Okay. But there's a lot of people who don't remember their dreams and they're convinced that they don't dream. Dream, but it's just that they yeah. don't remember it's it. just that they don't remember okay. uh, but it's definitely possible it's like scientific studies has been around in studies since the 70s they've proven that it's real and then to further like is it possible to learn it well i did so i think so <laughs> um and they there's a lot of studies also on like how to learn to lose a dream and that it's possible it might be that there are some people that do better at learning how to do it and there may be some people who just cannot get there i don't know but yeah it's totally possible confirmed confirmed okay now the second question (laughs) you had was what did it look like when i was going through this process yeah like when you started having more and more lucid dreams so when i did this in college i was very obsessive about it and i knew that if i was obsessive about it it would happen i think for some people it's like kind of lost on them because maybe they don't understand how their dreaming process works what what the content that shows up in their green in their dreams ends up being um so dream journaling can help you remember and if you can't remember then like there's no point in lucid dreaming Mm. but it also helps you see these are the things that i dream about so if i for instance dream about my fear of being late all the time then i'm gonna know whenever i feel like i'm late anytime when i'm awake i should start to question if i'm in a dream and that's how i'm gonna start training myself i'm anytime i'm late that should be a sign that i may be in a dream oftentimes you know you're not gonna be in the dream but attaching that question am i dreaming to that feeling or action or emotion is a way to get yourself to start lucid dreaming so at this point where you became very obsessive about it you started to have like a probably much more intimate understanding of your dreams what did you start to learn more about dreaming as this process went on I had a lot of assumptions about how other people dreamt. I think everyone does because we don't see it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I learned from talking to people that people dream very differently. Okay. How do people dream differently that you found? And then how do people dream consistently? 
one of the things that I was really had no clue mm-hmm. that happened is that there are some people who dream like it's a movie in third person and they're not in the dream. I have always dreamt first, in the first, person. first person, but a lot of people don't have an inner monologue. They don't control their actions and they dream in third person or some combination of all those things. And I could see how people who dream like that would have a harder time getting lucid. I've, I've also heard of people who actually lucid dream entirely in the third person and it's like a natural thing, like they lucid dream naturally that way and that they hate it because here they are not able to like do anything and they know it's a dream and there's like watching things go by. So can your dreams be more lucid than others? Mm -hmm. You can be lucid dreaming and then lucid dreaming again, but one is like more lucid. How have the most lucid dreams you've ever felt felt? The ones that are most lucid, I totally know that everything is not real. There are some where I'm lucid and I know it's a dream, but like I don't understand that the other people in the dream aren't going to also remember this when they I think they're going to wake up and remember this too or something, you mm-hmm. know. And then I have ones where I'm like I am convinced that I'm sleepwalking and doing everything that I'm acting out and like someone is watching me acting weird or that like when I go into my kitchen in a lucid dream to eat food that I'm sleepwalking and doing it because it feels so real. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're fine. So yeah. walk me to the point in your life where you were having the most frequent amount of lucid dreams yeah. and like how your daily life felt in contrast to that. Did you see any changes? Yeah, I kind of started to realize the things I thought were real quite possibly weren't. And so things in waking life could feel a little less real. Hmm. Some people say that sounds kind of like almost like you're on the verge of a psychotic breakdown. But maybe people who are in psychotic breakdowns are kind of like peeling back layers of the... I wouldn't say this is my quote-unquote theory, but I feel like people who are psychotic are actually a little more in tune with certain parts of quote-unquote reality that are passing by us every moment. And that maybe your lucid dreaming becoming more and more lucid, you started to get little peaks or perceptive changes of your waking life that made your waking life not seem as real which might be a more real perception of it paradoxically does that make any sense yeah i mean because that is exactly kind of how i would respond interpret it yeah I think it's a very sane and lucid thought to recognize that our perceptions are not necessarily reality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the dream life is a a direct example of that because we're experiencing these things and it's kind of insane to think that all those things are real. But most of us, most of the time, think that all the happenings in our dreams are real as they're happening. We might not say it, you know, we might not think it like directly, this is real, but we just go with it as if it's real. And that's kind of like, we're psychotic every night for a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like realizing that you could be imagining things like seems like a psychotic thought, but I think if you're really grounded, it's just like clarity. Right, yeah. exactly. Some people are afraid like if you get into lucid dreaming, it's you're going to like not know when you're awake or asleep, but it's really that you're more aware of whether you're awake or asleep and you're more aware of the fact that you can't just assume either one. Right. <laughs> yeah. People are afraid of that kind of unknown, stepping out of their normal experience. 
Yeah. Or what they just assume to be their kind of like boundaries of, oh, this, I feel comfortable experiencing this and mm-hmm. not comfortable in some other <laughs> way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it is really a bit shocking when you become lucid in a dream that you didn't think was a dream. A lot of times you become lucid slowly in a way where you're like, okay, this seems not real. Okay, I don't think it's real. And then you do a reality check, like you drop the pen or whatever, and you're like, ah, yes, it's definitely a dream. But there are other ones where you're like, okay, I think this is real, but I'm just going to do a reality check. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, no, it's not real. Every sense that you have is telling you that this is real but like you just found out that it's not is a really strange place to be in Hmm. like you said it's you're you're coming to terms with the fact that your life isn't as real as you think it is yeah Yeah. i mean people are very what's the opposite of receptive resistant resistant people yeah, are they have ve- all these layers of resistance yeah. yeah yeah people are very resistant to finding out that the opinions they have might not be in line with reality or mm-hmm. and so this is like an extreme version of that this is like it's not your opinion it's like your whole reality, reality in that moment yeah. is like nope none of this is real <laughs> yeah and that's, and that's how it feels learning to be okay with that has help me with other realms of thought that deal with that kind of resistance too Mm -hmm. i'm much more comfortable with changing my mind about things i really try not to assume things about other people or about things i think i know or you know that i'm sure that this is this you know which is very healthy if more people Mm -hmm. did that i think the world would be a more um friendlier place i I agree i agree in that way i think can have this philosophy to it that builds that mentality if you become really good at not making assumptions about like the things that seem really real to you uh, it spreads who would you be interested or excited about collaborating with because there's a lot of different kinds of people who listen to the podcast from very many different areas of work and then how can people contact you I organize the Chicago Lucid Dreamers group. And so if anyone is interested in hosting that or hosting Chicago Quantified Self, which is about tracking your biometrics and if any, I'm looking for people in Chicago to host that um, who'd be interested in, if anyone has a space or knows space, I'm interested in collaborating with anyone who's interested in lucid dreaming or health or biohacking. You can find me at, at, dash bark Huss on instagram and twitter you can also find me on linkedin dash will bark us on linkedin if you're in chicago come to a chicago lucid dreamers meetup you host lucid dreamer meetups yes okay if you want to know more about this if you want to integrate it in your life go to Dashel's lucid dreaming meetup where how uh it's on meetup Search lucid dreaming or um, active dreaming in the in the groups and you'll find it. And also Chicago Quantified Self. If you're interested in like biohacking or tracking your biometrics or just like improving your life through self-tracking and data. Yeah. If you want to, if you're in Chicago, come to those. Hey, I think we're good. Okay, cool, cool. That's a wrap. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you're appreciated. I appreciate you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, whether you liked it a little or a lot. And I hope you feel inspired to join us on this shared mission to improve the world alongside each other and the quality of our human lives. If you want to learn more, 
visit our website at dogoodcollab.com. That's dogoodcollab.com. I put this podcast out at least once a week, so stay tuned. Truly, we can live an amazing, enjoyable life together, but we have to make it happen together. Let's make it happen.